0: Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
1: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow.
2: Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials
1: that feel like plush clouds.
3: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Cat Napsock for another edition of the Big Show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet, the supremacy of our First Order Armada. Here we are to discuss. Oh, yeah, we got some book reviews coming. I'm excited for this episode. Thanks for all your support out there. Hope you all enjoyed the Myth versus History episode last time out. And we have our normal cast of characters, Joseph Scrimshaw's here, Jennifer Landis here. Joseph, how are you? Good. I haven't been called normal
2: in a long time, so that's very nice. Well. (laughs) I know what you meant. Yeah. I wasn't offended
3: that you (laughs) called me normal. Yeah. No, no, no. (laughs) Trust me. You're not. I'm not. And Jennifer, you're the most normal of us here, I think. Hello. <laughs> Not no more, Billy. Not no more, Billy. That's
4: my my Amlin Holdo voice. Hi, I'm talking like
5: this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for the movie to come oh, out. And I don't know. the Databank Brawl where you will
3: play Holdo for sure. I don't think you're far off. Right? That's a good Laura Dern. Yeah, that's oh pretty dear. amazing.
4: Kind of amazing. Throw in some ooh, ooh. <laughs> some
3: space, some space. Luna Lovegood, exactly. and you're all right. We'll get deep into that. You're all oh right, my. man. It's good to have oh. you guys back. Love talking Star Wars with you two. Uh It's a four center way ways way we got to hear. And as always, we also have some Star Wars adventures. You guys get to hear mine. Spotlight Star Wars. I I'm, I bought this damn Kylo Ren that I didn't want. It's my fourth. <laughs> Fourth different Kylo-run Black Series, but I had to have it. Absolutely you had to. Yeah. You
2: made the right choice. I did,
3: right? Look at how happy he looks on your shelf. <laughs> he looks so <laughs> brooding and that scar is moving. But he's happy to be here. Very happy to be here. So that was my recent Star Wars adventure. You can hear the whole spotlight, Star Wars, this past weekend for more of that. But uh, uh, speaking of figures, Joseph, <laughs> you had a figure adventure. I did, and I just wanted to share it on Force Center because it was so Perfect.
2: I think I have rambled about it before, right. but this was like the end of the story in a way, or the, the circle completing. So uh, I found a Luke Skywalker, a Last Jedi, three and three quarter, Kenner, just straightforward. I mean, I got the Black Series already at San Diego Comic-Con, but I wanted that Luke Skywalker. And I knew, like, I can get him. I can buy him on the internet right now. Right. Or maybe somebody will come across him and send him to me, like sometimes people nicely do, or maybe my wife will find him. But what I really, really wanted is exactly what happened, is to have that recreation of my childhood Mm. where I just turned the corner and he's hanging there. (gasps) And it goes all the way back to Return of the Jedi, because I'm so very old, where uh, I lived in St. Cloud outside of Minneapolis. I was driving to Minneapolis. It was an hour drive, and it was before the movie had come out. And every time we went to Minneapolis, I was like, I, I think the Jedi figures are going to be there, and I'm going to see Luke is a Jedi Knight. My brother would go, no, 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 no it's not going to happen. Just, he would break me down and try to take away my hope because he didn't want me to be disappointed. Aww. Toy collections are built on hope.
5: <laughs> exactly.
2: And I was like, I think it's going to happen this time. Yeah. Who do you want? And he's like, I don't know, a Gamorrean guard. So I turn the corner, you know, in 1983, and there is Jedi Luke, and I get him, and I get my brother a Gamorrean guard. Uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> the, your brother did
3: not come out on the short end of the stick not No, it's fine, it's not fine,
2: it's a very heavy figure But yeah. yeah, my wife and I, we we had such a wonderful, weird We don't have normal Saturdays We would yeah. we went to Ikea to buy book shows so I can have more places to have action figures oh, And I was gosh. like, let's just stop at this Target real quick Just in case, it's this good, story is running in my mind from 1983 Good Target Cause yeah. yeah, it is, and you know the Target I'm talking about Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay yeah, so uh, it's yeah, it's got Empire in the name of the mall, so it was perfect. <laughs> so it was just perfect. I just turned the corner and not only was it, it was Luke hanging I didn't even have to dig. He was just oh, right, right there. there, right in the center, just hanging there. And I've wanted that since the second yeah. that the Lucasfilm sale was announced. That was my first thought. <laughs> yeah, was, well,
3: I remember you saying that. There's yeah. going
2: to be a new Luke
3: Skywalker figure from a new movie. Right. Mm. And it was oh, it was just bliss. Wow. I love it. And yeah, I love that you posted a nice picture. We we got to experience, it. And, and because you really love that that three and three quarters, that's your yeah. that's your jam. Mm-hmm. And this line and is the yeah. best they've had in years. There's it is no
2: bullshit. There's no like, oh, you get a part of Snoke's knee and then his head, <laughs> and you put them together. And they it doesn't come with a big dumb cannon. That yeah. is not cannon. That is not <laughs> yeah yeah an yeah. actual Star Wars weapon. Uh, it's just oh, they're so good. I, and they also had a Chewie with a pork. He just comes with a pork. They oh had yeah yeah that? yeah. That's yeah. That, yeah. Oh, that's it's a, a good little target. Little pork. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, General oh, Hux man. has a mouse trade. It's such a just clean, right?
2: beautiful line. There's no extra
3: bullshit. I might have to pick up a couple of them for displays. Yeah, because yeah. you guys, I love the Black Series stuff. I just love it. But I, yeah, uh, you know, there's something. You're right. I think it is. Uh, it's a good line. Because yeah, the other ones, I'd be like, oh, a gin, a gin or so with rocket pack. Yeah, like yeah. and who Random. cares? Yeah, yeah. yeah. gravity mm-hmm. boots. What? What the? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Poe Dameron with helicopter. Like, who cares? <laughs> well, that's great. That's yeah, a heartwarming oh, Star Wars story.
2: Yeah. And Sarah, my wife, started taking pictures. I didn't ask. Yeah. yeah? I just picked it up, and I was just like, oh. And her phone was out, because she knew. Yeah. She knew. She knew to capture she the ca- moment. She captured the moment well.
3: Uh, Jennifer, how's uh, how's your daughter and Porgs doing?
4: She's loving him. She yeah. was playing with a little Porg that we got her from Force Friday. Yeah. She sleeps with him. Yeah. And <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, he's our, favorite, he's our favorite little guy.
3: Wow. And and you and what I love is you don't really force this stuff. No, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> it just happens.
4: It does. She love. I mean we have all the Star Wars books and obviously right. she's watched as Forces of Destiny and we have all the figures and so she's playing with her e- little Ewok daily. Love. Leia taking off Leia's boots today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. laying
2: with her Ewok daily is yeah. such a beautiful
4: sentence. <laughs> yeah, she wanted to take her Ewok with us yesterday, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, you're at the point where she wants to take her toy with us, it's <laughs> a Star oh,
2: Wars
3: great. toy with oh, us." Oh. I, might, I might need myself a pork pillow. Yeah, there's a lot of porgs out
2: there, a lot of different
3: sizes. Some of them make horrific noises. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that they do. But I'm and I I always keep. I feel I need to clarify this. I am so on board for the porgs. I know there's this. (laughs) I started the eating them thing. I didn't start it, but I'm I'm definitely perpetuating it. I still love the porgs. I really think they belong in Star Wars. So unless unless eight shows up and they do something completely. Weird, where they play with a lightsaber and kill a stormtrooper or something. I don't know, but but I'm, jury's still out. But yes. I love Blogs of pork doesn't fly through the air and crap on somebody's head. Yes.
4: Oh my god. As long as
2: they're
5: not wacky early. Yeah.
3: So a couple weeks ago, when we were talking about uh, Colin Trevorrow, the directing controversy, JJ Joining, we did uh, just we put out a pitch question for episode nine, right? Yeah. We were talking about how the story is still really
2: wide open to be determined, and I think we threw out some random ideas of things we'd like in. We got excited. And said, "Hey, if anybody out there has a pitch, send it in." And I right. posted on our Facebook page, which everybody should go listen to. We got to a thousand mm-hmm. uh, views—or not a thousand views. A thousand what, likes. Are, what are words? A thousand likes. <laughs> so go like us on Facebook. Uh, and we got this great episode nine pitch from Kyler Mark Allred. Nice. Uh, shall I read? Let's do it. Excellent. He has titled episode nine: Star Wars: Colon Enigma of the Porgs. Yes. See it again for the first (laughs) time. Once Rey found out that the once cute and cuddly Porgs were controlling Snoke all along, she has to team up with Finn, Rose, Poe, and BB-8 to find a mysterious journal that will help them take out the Porgs once and for all. (laughs) When they discover the journal, Rey has to take it back to Luke to uncover the secrets, and they discover it was written by none other than Jedi Master... Yarl Poof, oh, yeah. with the wisdom of Master Poof
5: <laughs>
2: and the powers of Rey and Luke combined, they are able to destroy the one true evil once and for all. As the last Porg dies, the Force is now truly balanced, and our heroes live happy ever after. Or do they? Bump bump bum.
3: Love it. Oh. Beautiful, beautiful work. This is Kyler a, Mark Allred. Yeah, Kyler. It's a very almost trouble with tribbles type of approach <laughs> to uh, to this. The trouble with porgs here. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I it,
4: immediately imagine actually Brian Ward. uh was an awesome artist. Yeah. Do you remember that rendition that he did of like Snoke with the porgs? With the porgs. Phil- yeah.
3: Yes. Filled with the porgs. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> porgs standing on top of each other. Porgs filled coat.
2: Snoke. Exactly. Uh, two years. Ago, uh, two months ago, I would have believed that that was a dish you could eat pork filled
3: snoke. Pork Mm. filled snoke. Tasty. Awesome. Kyler, thank you so much for that pitch. We love it. You guys, if you still have episode nine pitches, send them in. Maybe we'll read more. We got a long way to go to episode nine. We can still pitch the story. Maybe they're listening. Maybe Lucasfilm will take our ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Lucasfilm is in the news as always, as they should be. One of the biggest. Producers of films that we love. So, Jennifer, we have news to catch up on.
4: Oh, yes, we do. It's not a trap. It's a
3: wrap on episode (laughs) eight, The Last Jedi. Uh, (laughs) Memories of Maud Garrett. It's a wrap. (laughs) Uh. (laughs)
4: Director Ryan Johnson shared on social media that post-production on the film is finished. He posted an Instagram photo of himself and his post-production team with a caption, quote, and that's a wrap on the hardest working post-production team in the galaxy going to miss sitting in dark rooms with these goobers, end quote. So now that the mm-hmm. film is in the can, I'm sure that mm-hmm. somebody commented on the uh, photo. When are we getting the trailer? <laughs> do, you, do you think yeah. that the fact that they just now, you know, picture locked that it's that they're gonna release a trailer? Is that why they haven't released a trailer? Nothing to do with it.
3: I mean, didn't, so Hamill, this whole, the sub-story here is that Mm Hamill, God bless him, (laughs) on the day of this recording, it's his birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um... It kind of said it's coming on Monday Night Football on the 9th, right? I
4: believe so, yeah. October. Yeah, I, I think
2: somebody else had an inkling towards that, yeah. and then he tweeted something about it and then deleted yes. it. So, yeah. I mean, October that's,
5: <laughs> 9th. Mm-hmm. I mean it
2: happens only heads more creeps. <laughs> For all we know, he was directed to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. to lead people off the scent. That's true. But all yeah, right. I mean, no. that's, I mean, I think the two big newsworthy things about this mm-hmm. is that the trailer is going to be accurate. Uh regardless of when it comes out. Uh There won't be any shots that are like, wait a minute, where did that shot go? Mm -hmm. I see what you did (laughs) It is complete. Right. Uh, That's what I thought of. Yeah, and the other thing is like this is so great for what Lucasfilm needs right now for. It's smooth. There was no problem. Mm. It's sort of like, wait a minute, what do you mean the movie's done? It doesn't come out for a few weeks yet. Uh-huh. Right. How can it be done? There were no problems. No
5: problem.
3: Go back and make a problem, Ryan Johnson. No <laughs> no, no mass, massive reshoots. shoots, everything, yeah. Yep. Which also just proves all the stuff that, hey, Ryan's run a good tight ship that exactly. everyone's happy with. As far as the trailer, I mean, I'm, I'm good with this Monday Night Football. I mean, I remember uh, Force Awakens. I remember staying late at the old screen junkie's office with Hal Rodnick to wait for it to drop. That, that would make perfect sense. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: yeah
2: I just hope that they do trailer drop and uh, opening of tickets separately because that was a pain. Oh,
4: that was crazy. Was that
2: that was tied together. Oh, right. Yeah. Was it was crazy. the same night. So, yeah, I had the choice. Everything was like blocked on the Internet uh, uh, for tickets. And I had the choice of like I can walk to the theater near my home and physically buy the tickets or see. The trailer. trailer. <laughs> right. And once again, my wife rescued me. I was like, I'll go see it. Like, cause the trailer will still be there, right? Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. They need to see it when it comes on.
4: No, the anxiety is real. I keep getting emails yeah. from Fandago and every time I'm like, is this it? Is, is this the Star Wars tickets <laughs> have they already gone on sale and I missed it? So yeah. yeah, I think we'll be getting it very soon. I think so. Yeah. So there's also there is a little bit of drama. If you okay. do want some drama, I do. Um, although I don't know how much drama, you know, you never know with this kind of stuff. So Hollywood Reporter recently ran a salacious article about how JJ Abrams quote, jilted Paramount for Episode 9. Apparently, J.J. has had a $10 million uh, development deal with Paramount since 2006. And after he was tied up with The Force Awakens in 2013, Paramount had hoped that J.J. would make some more hit films for them uh, before (laughs) his deal with Paramount (laughs) expires in 2018. But since J.J. will now be occupied with Star Wars for the next two years, sources are saying that Paramount asked Disney for a one-time payment is compensation for J.J. being gone. I'm fascinated by the inner workings of Hollywood. This is really unusual, right? Normally, if you have a deal with one studio, they don't let you go. I mean,
3: I don't necessarily think it's... Yes, you're right. Number one, I guess I shouldn't cut you off there. Yes, Uh, I don't think it's abnormal. I think this is Mm. one of the ones on the big, big the big thing, the big stage. Yeah. I just keep hearing the story, I'm like, the Empire will compensate you if he dies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think what's unique about it is that he is appreciated and valued as a writer, a director, and a producer. So Mm, he is a triple threat. So they've been getting their money out of him as a producer. Right. So it's not like they haven't it's not like he's just kicking back and doing nothing he's been producing right. money movies that have been making money
4: Yeah like Cloverfield I think yeah. there's a new one coming out next year so. Yeah.
2: so I can see why they would be annoyed but I can also see like his stock went up after he made one of the you know biggest hit movies of all time with Force yeah. Awakens so they're really in a sort of well what are we going to do complain that he's going to go and Raise value even more, right?
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you're right. Actually, you're right. That's very smart from their point. If they calm down enough to be like, "All right," as far as the fee, I guess that kind of stuff. I mean, that, that that's the without a doubt the 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 contracts where you go make our crappy movie and then we'll let you make your art house movie. That right. stuff happens. So. I am not. I guess I'm not surprised by that, Though mm. the inner workings of the drama. It was interesting. But what, what, what's J.J. going to do, you know? He has yeah. to Down go back to this franchise.
2: Well, and there's he could have been directing at any point. He could have yeah. had a project lined up. He's been doing yeah, yeah. producer work, and maybe it's just because he's taking a break, or was he waiting for the <laughs> call? Was he imagine? secretly waiting <gasps> yeah, for oh, I love some that. big plan? For Colin Trevorrow to stumble. <laughs> <laughs> JJ, J.J. J.J. I guess. JJ I guess I'll take up the mantle. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <He is laughs> Did someone call my name? He slinks into the room. That's what
3: I I would like to imagine. Oh, the director drama. I
4: love it. I eat that stuff. Star Wars. So, exciting news John Hamm has been cast as Boba Fett. From a Certain Point of View. (laughs) You are killing it, Jennifer. I'm sorry. I think I'm loopy. Which is also the name of the audiobook where John Hamm will be voicing that infamous bounty hunter. The audio version of the new Star Wars anthology book is packed with celebrity voices like Neil Patrick Harris, Janina Gavankar, Gavankar, Mm -hmm. and Ashley Eckstein. The book itself will feature 40 stories, including Alexander Free's Mon Mothma story, Mm -hmm. a Tarkin story from Pablo Hidalgo, a word The Bartender Tale from Chuck Wendig. Yes. And A Organa Tale by Madeline Rue. Yeah. Rue, yes. Yeah. Uh, So the book will be out in October. The question is, will you both be reading this one?
2: Well, I already read a part of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I got an advanced copy that I think just, I think they're really just expecting this one to be like, Uh, It's a good entry level uh, book, I think, Mm. for people who just like, I like Star Wars a lot, but I haven't gotten to the books. If you know the basic story of the original Star Wars movie, I think you're going to be able to pick this up and read any of these very short stories. Mm. And
3: and they're very short, at least the one you read.
2: Yeah, the one I I just flipped through because I knew we were, because it it just came, uh, and uh, I knew we were going to talk about Boba Fett, and I've been really curious about that story. It's three pages. Hmm. So I just read it really, really quickly. So I think some of them are going to be very, very short. And, yeah. it was, and it was very much uh just like the book suggests a perspective on a new hope
3: right ah i see right ah i mean yeah <laughs> i i am definitely going to read it I, my my uh advance copy got lost in the mail <laughs> uh, i'm still trying to figure it out but uh, i uh, i think I, I i i'm excited because there's so many characters mm-hmm. yes they're really thinking big and wide and i I was expecting smaller characters, but they're going for gu- they going for the gusto with some of these. They characters. got some yeah. big names and
2: some really, yeah. you know, there's one about just the stormtrooper who bumped his head. Yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, but they've got some big name characters like Tarkin and everything too. Yeah, yeah
5: that was
4: surprising. I wonder. I want to listen to the audiobook just for the the performances. Yeah, I think that's going to be really fun.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, and Ham Ham is fat. Interesting.
4: Yeah, right?
3: Yeah. yeah. I don't know about yeah. the casting, but... Well, you know. I think this book is going to be...
2: I think we're going to have to do 18 episodes on this. I think this book <laughs> is going to be controversial, because it was oh. just... really? Well, I mean, I'm not going to say any opinions on that, because the book isn't out, but people could tell just from, you know, they released... Uh, Del Rey released all of those little title cards mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. that introduced each story that's going to be told. And there's a tone to Boba Fett's voice, where, like, we haven't been inside his head... We haven't really heard him talk since he's a kid in the Clone Wars or right. Jump to Empire Strikes Back, and here's a perspective on what's Boba Fett's attitude. What does he talk like when he's thinking in his own head? Right. Mm. And I think it might be a little controversial for some fans. Interesting. And it'll be very interesting to hear John Hamm deliver it. And I, you know, I haven't had a chance to look at anything else in the book. It'll be right. very interesting to see. Like, are there four stories that become like the almost like Han first level thing for Star Wars fans? We're just like, this oh. is a flashpoint. This right. is a
3: thing that fans debate. Mm. Right. Right. Hmm. Juicy. I don't know. I don't know. Do fans debate things? (laughs) I hope so. Otherwise, no one's listening to this podcast anymore. I definitely am interested in the book. I'm excited. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and I'm excited for John Hamm. That should be fun. Just when I think I'm I'm done reading Star Wars books, I could take a break. They put something out that I must read. Like, have to, like, yeah.
2: to read Can I ask just a real quick question? Because I don't yeah. want I don't want to get a bunch of uh, tweets about it that we didn't address it. Uh, how do we feel about John Ham being cast as Boba Fett? When again, we're he started as a Maori actor in theory, oh, yeah, right, and it, obviously it wasn't right. he wasn't in you know the original Star original Wars films, f- you know, voiced. But is that a is that an issue?
4: You know, because it's a voice character, I feel like it's not. To me, it's not as much of an issue. I think if he was on camera, I'd be like, uh, uh, -uh, no, okay, that would be problematic. I don't know.
3: Yeah, yeah, Uh, that's a good point. I mean, it's a fair point. Uh huh. Uh, It is a fair point. Far far be for me to to, to, you know to say it's okay, it's good, but but um question. uh, I you know I I I I can I I can live with it, but we'll see if we'll see if we'll see. We'll see if
2: it pops up. Yeah, you I think what? I just brought it up because there had been that yeah. sensitivity that I hadn't no. been thinking about about Rex's yeah. representation.
4: Well, and if I think yeah. about like casting Andor and somebody, you know, it would portray Diego Luna's. That would just be correct. Yeah, prob- yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I would find that problematic. Yeah. yeah. So that is a great question.
3: If if Ham could match the voice, I guess. Uh, maybe yeah. It's, it's just an right. not an impersonation, but just like a. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm doing fat. You know, what I mean. Uh, it could work. I mean, see, I go, I go to Clone Wars, where Dee Bradley Baker does the voice. Oh, yeah, see,
4: right, and that's the and thing. That, he yeah.
3: matches it. You wouldn't know, right? Yeah. But he is not. So, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, but it's. It bears, it bears the yeah. question. Yeah. yeah, I don't have any answers. I just
2: wanted to throw it out because yeah. I think it's a legitimate thing to ask. And Yeah, on camera good. For sure. Buddy. Good to yeah. ask those questions.
5: Yeah, yeah. that's
4: great. That's great. Um, well, speaking of getting the internet going, Ron Howard got the internet a Twitter when he tweeted a photo <laughs> <laughs> from the hot solo set. Sorry. Everything's, everything's so coming good.
3: up so, Linda. It's tonight. so Sorry. good.
4: The photo was an entrance to a mine and he captioned it, Spicy? Uh, That one word got everyone online speculating that we will see the famous Kessel run in the upcoming Han Solo film. As we know, spice in the world of Star Wars is an illicit substance that was mined at the space uh, spice mines of Kessel and Han used to, to smuggle it for Jabba. So will we see Han make the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs? And do we want to see it?
3: Well, that's the question. That's the yeah. question. Yeah.
2: Right. I think we have to see at least a few of the iconic things. Yeah. yeah. The Han Solo things. Yeah. I think it would be foolish to dump them all in because it would just feel like a greatest <laughs> yeah. hit cassette you found in a truck stop in yeah. 1987. Just kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. If it's just greatest hits. Right. Sticks greatest hits. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, this movie might be a huge hit and you leave yourself some room. Right. So I think I'd be fine with the
3: Kessel Run. But I don't need every Han Solo thing in there. Yeah. I come down on that side of it, too, where I, I did not have when – I, when I saw Ron tweet that out, and I was like, oh, cool. And then suddenly – so you check back in at Twitter, and you're like, oh, wait, no, that wasn't cool, or people are upset. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <Right. laughs> um, I would expect that. I, I think uh, – was it Seth Rogen tweeted out – one of the news websites picked up the story and was like, is the Kessel Run going to be in this movie? And Seth Rogen tweeted back, "Get yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, I would expect this to be And it. Do it now. The question is do we want to? And yeah, I I agree with you, Joseph. I think if everything we know about these characters, yeah. including Lando, is is just beat for beat in here. It takes up some of the mystery. Uh but I'm fine with the Kessel run. Yeah. Yeah. Also it could be Kessel without the run. Yeah, no. There you that's, go. That's true. I, I'm, I'm looking over your You're shoulder right. and I, again talking about going back to Spotlight Star Wars, I I got these Jedi Academy books oh, yeah. on the shelf now up there. I just don't know what to do with them. Uh, I kind of want to get rid of them, but I can't. Uh, and they take... There's Kessel stuff in there. There's mm-hmm. no racing. There's no runs. It's just Kessel and Spice. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. and the Han Solo books that I always talk about yeah. that I think they're still going to draw from, A.C. Crispin, oh, yeah. it spends a lot of time in Kessel. There's a yeah. run in there. And maybe mm-hmm. there'll be a run in yeah. the yeah. yeah, I'm okay with the run.
4: Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, well, let's talk about something that is also controversial, which is, according to that hashtag show.com, Darth Vader. Is this a spoiler? This is just a rumor. So, it's a yeah, rumor. Yeah, okay, it's, okay, this it's a is rumor, a total rumor. It's a rumor. It is all over say. the internet. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's... Okay, thank you. It's, conf- it's confirmed, supposedly, to appear in the Han Solo film. The speculation began when Rogue One's Vader actor, Spencer Wilding, yeah. uh, dropped out of an appearance at Fandom Fest in Kentucky because, quote, he will be filming the newest film in the Star Wars universe, which is hmm. Han Solo at the time. Hmm. Uh, now, a source close to the production is saying someone was on the set, we don't know if it's Spencer, uh, of the Han solo film reshoots wearing Darth Vader's armor as recently <laughs> as two weeks ago
2: I like the way that's phrased it just sounds like somebody snuck on set yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just yeah, someone yeah. look I just uh, I do gaff tape you know but I <laughs> right I'm, I'm wearing, wearing Darth
4: Vader so how do we feel about Darth Vader appearing in the Han solo film?
3: I mean, I, I don't have a problem with it. I think it's harder to see him in this movie versus like Rogue One. I was like, yeah, well, absolutely. that mm-hmm. should, should be there. should be yes. Rogue One. Yes, Uh This one, you know, how well do they know each other? How well did they run into each other? Was Empire the first time they met? And then the comics are changing some of that. But I don't know. I yeah. I don't know.
2: I, I, I think that there's, you know, if. We get a sense of what Han's uh, reaction to the Empire is, his relationship with the Empire. Yeah. It would maybe make sense for him to see this scary guy down the way. Mm. I don't think they should have a super direct interaction, and I don't think Han should see him use the Force. That would be a bummer Yes, uh, mm. to me. Yeah. Uh, but I also just wanted to say that we are going to be talking about these kind of issues on our next episode next yeah. week about mm-hmm. how much... Uh, the Star Wars galaxy should be connected. And this, I think, is a big sort of linchpin of that. Of like, do we need, yeah. do we want Vader in all the movies all the time?
4: Right. Yeah. Let's put a pin on this discussion. Yeah. yeah.
3: I'd rather have him in the Obi Wan movie. Yes. That makes sense. Amen. This yeah. is a little bit of shoe-horing. But I can live with him in here. We'll see.
4: We'll see. So that is, that does it for the news.
3: Well,
2: round of applause, Jennifer. You, uh, <laughs> you absolutely killed it. I love, <laughs> I funny.
3: love all the wordplay. Yeah, Good stuff. Funny. And, um, I fe- completed the Phasma book. Nice. Now, let's Ooh. pause now. We're going to do Leia, Princess of Alderaan, Rebel Rising, a co-review here. We're going to get to that here in just a minute. Uh, I know, Joseph, you're third away, yeah, third yeah. Phasma. I'm, I'm in it. So this is a mini-review, my take on it without getting too spoiler-heavy, because Joseph needs to finish the book. <laughs> uh, and then, Jennifer, maybe we can sell you on it or sell you not.
4: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh,
3: so overall, I'll say this. I really, really, in the end, enjoyed it. And that's the key to this thoughts on it, is it's in the end I enjoyed yeah. it. There were times where I thought I'll be I, – I feel as though I have to be honest, and I'm always – I try not to – be critical Delilah S. Dawson's the author and I think she did a very good job and I want her to continue telling Star Wars stories. That's my thing up top. There were times in the middle of this book that I I considered closing the book because I didn't feel I needed to read it. Now,
5: Mm.
3: does not mean that I don't think it was good and entertaining and gripping from page one to the end. All right? I absolutely think it was. It was a different Star Wars story, which I think begs the bigger question. And this is a discussion we have had here, Joseph and Jennifer, of could Star Wars movies not necessarily be Old Republic, but maybe they're different genres. Right. And could we have a horror Star Wars movie? Could we have this? I feel if you were to take out, and again, I'm going to stress, I think Delilah Dawson did a great job with the story. I did not want to put it down, even though when I thought about it. I think if you take out the names Phasma and some of the other characters, um... This is a great post-apocalyptic sci-fi Mad Max-like story. Oh. and not a Star Wars story. But that begs the question then, like, oh, well then isn't that's not a bad thing. No, that's not a no. bad yeah. thing. So I think maybe it's a warning. So if Jennifer Reeder to pick up this book, I would warn you. Don't expect tie fighters fighting X-wings. And lightsabers and all that stuff. This is a Star Wars story unlike you've ever really read before, at least of new canon. Yeah. And that in and of itself is not bad. Then I think it gets – and stuff, this is where I want – I'm extra careful for you, Joseph. It gets into some great First Order history. Nice. And great First Order point of view. This character of Cardinal, who is uh, Phasma's rival within the First Order, goes through an interesting arc and says some things that make you understand – there's always this big thing that we got with the Inferno Squad – and the Battlefront 2 game coming out, you know, and Janina's character, we're following Eiden Versio, and she's on the Empire, but we're supposed to like her, and there's these gray areas now in Star Wars. Cardinal is of that ilk, mm. but it's a, an important lesson of what it means and what he believes in the First Order and how it, it might change as things go on, and uh, I liked that aspect of it, too, where it was I thought it was handled pretty well. Um, and Phasma, you have an interesting... I. I, I I I think this is uh, adds some intrigue to Phasma that definitely wasn't there. Hmm. Yeah, so I think it's worth the read in the end. And I and I I feel so guilty when I have negative thoughts of books. I didn't have a negative thought, but I was like, ha. I, th- I just came off of Leia, and that explains things, and this is like, all right, it's Phasma. Yeah. Where's my big picture stuff? And then you do get to that, but along the way, it's a journey unlike ever I've ever read before in Star Wars.
2: And it's the new sandbox of the sequel era. Yes. So it is not as many uh, interconnected characters popping up uh, it's what I've got so far. But I will yeah. say about Phasma, I'm in the same place where like, I, I'm enjoying it, but it is kind of a shock to the system because it yeah. is very, very different, which yeah. is great ultimately because we need different. Right. I, do, I do have a friend who uh, likes Star Wars. She's seen Star Wars. She's more into the sequel uh, yeah. because she really likes to see women characters, so she's happy to see Ray. She's happy to see Phasma. And she's like, there's a book about the tall lady, Phasma. Yeah. I'll read that. Yeah. Uh, My friend Joseph reads Star Wars books. So I'll talk to him about it. Right. She hasn't read anything else, and she enjoyed it.
3: There you and go. And that's, I think, a great thing. Wow. Yeah, and again, to be clear, like uh, even when I was like, ah, oh, I might not finish this, I couldn't follow through with that because I was like, but I got to find out what happens next. Yeah. So it's it's entertaining in that regard. It's just we are us, and you hear me wanna talk about the comics of, well, that's not really Star Wars. And sometimes I'm an annoying, whiny fan, and other times I think it's space whales. Um, but this this is Star Wars as more sci-fi, which is I'm always Star Wars is more fantasy, more epic, mm. and, and, and that's again not a bad thing. I think you just need to go in aware of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it's good overall. Yeah, I think all an right, excellent encapsulation of that.
2: And maybe we'll talk about it once I finish it. Maybe we'll see how how juicy it is. Maybe we'll that. maybe we'll do a, a larger. Yeah. Phasma review and get a sense from uh, our listeners How many of you guys want to hear about Phasma Phasma But for now, we got our great double yes. feature
3: double feature So Leia, Princess of Alderaan by Claudia Gray Came out on Force Friday Rebel Rising by Beth Rivas came out a little bit earlier uh, Joseph read Rebel Rising first And was like, uh, dude, what are you doing not reading this? <laughs> uh, and I, I powered... Not powered I mean when I say powered I like Powered through that book So not forcefully Just like Gone The book's done I read that Because it's so damn good It's so damn good And then Leia comes out And they're both Quote young adult And they're both in the same font A little bit bigger font Books are similar sized So they're kind of Sister books in a way And that's why we're gonna discuss them As such here Now I know uh, Jennifer you've read Leia Mm -hmm, I have Um, You haven't read Rebel Rising No So I apologize, we're going to get a little bit of spoilers, but... No, that's okay. It's the story of Jen Erso, and you know where that story goes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
2: And I think that's a good thing for our listeners. This is going to be a spoilers discussion. Yes. Full spoilers. Um, Absolutely. Make no mistake. So we want to start with a a slight review of basically just a a summary, a very basic summary of both of the books, because a a lot of listeners have asked for that on our book review uh, episode. So uh, for Leia... This is really the story of her getting involved in the rebellion. Mm-hmm. It is structured as she has to pass these three challenges in order to begin her ascension to actual to become the queen someday, mm-hmm. not just the princess of Aldron to become the queen of Aldron. So we follow her adventures as she goes through these three different challenges, and right. she slowly learns about the full reality that the rebellion exists. And by the end of the book, it's basically that she has made all the connections that she needs with uh, her father, Bale, her mother, Brea, her uh, rebellion aunt, Mon Mothma. (laughs) Uh, She has had a romance that ended tragically where she learned some lessons and she has come to fully accept that uh, the reality of what a rebellion is, that it means conflict, that it means combat, and that she has been brought into the inner circle to truly start her path to right. be a rebel
3: yeah and her and her path to to being a rebel starts in a very very different spot and a a lofty privileged spot and it's it's a lesson in that and what to do with that when you're in that kind of position of power, but on the flip side is Rebel Rising, which takes place in roughly the same time Uh, though it does start, it's weird it starts, uh, it leads up to Rogue One, but it starts at the beginning of Rogue One from the moment Saw opens up that rock uh, hideaway and takes young Jyn Erso away, it is the story of Saw Uh, raising mentoring and doing his best to raise this young uh female uh kind of almost thrust upon him as the rebellion starts to grow and it is very much about Jin uh learning to be part of this rebellion and then maybe learning to be pulled pulling herself out of it a little bit i think and also uh you know it really really adds some depth to what Jin is thinking some of her loss. There's also a tragic romance in it, Mm in a way, Um, and it works. And it also goes a lot into Saw and what uh, his idea of a rebellion was, and how it really started to differ. Uh, It asks some tough questions about how what is too far. How do you consider something too far in face of, of of great evils, and making those tough choices? And it also creates a little shared connected universe with uh, that Rogue One time frame, the Inferno Squadron, the Inferno Squad novel, the Rogue One novelization. There's that additional chapter or additional section of the Rogue One novel by Alexander Freed in which Jin returns to Saw and asks about names. And all those names are in this book. Yeah. Uh It's all the stories of that. Uh, So if you haven't read Rebel uh, Inferno Squad, Rebel, I would start with Rebel Rising. Uh, That I wish I had that chance before. Yeah, because
2: I had read Rebel Rising first, and it did make Inferno Squad even weightier because you understand exactly what the Partisans did. You understand that line in Rogue One about we don't work with him anymore. Uh,
3: you really, really understand Yeah, why. and
2: we'll talk about that, at more, the actual event, yeah. a little bit explicitly, because that's a great bit of canon filled yeah. in. And,
3: and I think, too, this is why I think the companion piece is in a way. This is about join joining a rebellion maybe from the bottom up
2: yeah, I and think, working its way up. Yeah, yeah, the Leia, Leia book is a story of how do you uh, accept rebellion when you have everything and you have the responsibility right. of everything, and Jinn's is a tale of survival of, why why do I care about this rebellion when all I want to do is live mm. yeah. is to not die. And right. there there's such great there's so many similarities but at the same time they're like polar opposites mm. of Total. these
3: two heroes who are the same yeah. age really. And they almost very close to. It. They almost connect. The timelines are so close and similar yeah. that there's just a couple years off of uh of Wobani where Jin's time in prison there and leia's time before it becomes a prison planet for the empire or a prison center it's interesting it was like you were yeah. almost like wow we're so Are, close they're, um, they're almost together almost together yeah and they both have also this uh
2: additional level of threat of they both have to hide their identities yes. jen is aware that she has to hide her identity because if anybody finds out she's actually this long-lost missing daughter of Galen Erso, they'll take her to give Right. Pressure to Galen, right. and saw that's a lot of Saw's motivation is hiding her from things, mm-hmm. and then Leia has no idea that she has hidden identity. But we see, and we'll talk about more the machinations of characters right. hiding Leia's identity. Yeah. So, like another great connection point,
4: right? And so Leia many. actually uses her identity too at certain points to her advantage, which yes. I really, I really enjoyed too.
3: Yeah, yeah. So that's an overview. Let's yeah. dive on in, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: I think the the starting point yeah. really is, I think, the characters. I wanted to start by talking start about, about the characters. like, wh- what, where did we learn about the characters? Because you and I have both said mm-hmm. about Rebel Rising, which people should absolutely read. Yes. If for nothing else, it makes you appreciate and understand Jyn's character even better. Right. So, on the one hand, we have a character who has plenty of canvas left to fill in mm-hmm. with Jyn. And on the other hand, with the Leia story of, like, we know the character of Leia. Yeah. What's she like when she's 16? Yeah. Uh, so I would just want to talk about who the characters are. as yeah. we understand them in the book.
3: Yeah. And I'll start, I'll start with Jen and then, you know, Jen, you can jump in with Leia and everything. I, I think Jenner. So Jen so rogue one comes off as sometimes flat. Uh, and that's one of the critiques of the, of the movie, even though I'm still a big fan, I just turn it on Netflix these days and just let it play in the background. Um, You don't get that. I don't think you get that full sense. A lot of her emotional journey comes almost quote out of nowhere. Even the stuff with Galen. And I think what I learned about this character is how just (laughs) embittered, embattled, embittered, embattled, embittered. Yeah. Uh, And how just a hard crust was put around this girl at such a young age, Mm. Uh, and that I think there in the center is someone who does want to care. Where I thought. There was that flippant moment of Rogue One of like, well, you know, it's not a problem if you don't look up. I think that's where she ends up, but it it wasn't as earned in the movie as much as it is in the book where I I see this journey and you understand where she's, uh, you understand her darkness, you understand her hatred of her father and the confusion of that and not understanding. And so the father issues make more sense. Yeah, exactly. And the connection to her mother long gone, which we wish was more explored, obviously, but um, just in terms of canon that Lyra didn't die or didn't die that soon that early. So I think I don't know, I, I appreciated I appreciated the journey of Jin um I think maybe even more with the Leia one is these are A plus books by the way. Yeah, the, the Leia one it was like it was more of like I for me it was like oh yes this makes sense and ah they did a great job connecting this where Jin I was blown away by just some of the the scope of what she went through.
2: Yeah, I feel like with the Jin in the Rogue One movie you can tell she's feeling a lot, but sometimes it's not entirely clear what she's feeling. Yes. and now when I watch the movie again, it is because of this book because this book so attaches to specific lines, uh, and I think it is the story of. Her losing hope because every time she does try to make her life a little bit better, some battle between the Empire and the Rebellion gets she gets caught between them and she remarks on that of like, anytime anybody fights, it just takes away everybody's happiness. So Mm. So it it makes sense Mm. of like her character in like Forces of Destiny. Mm. Like when people are like, I thought she was like this bitter person who didn't want to get involved. It's like, well, yeah, she wants to get involved when it's a young girl in her
3: Cat her yeah. clothes right. yeah.
2: cat or whatever yeah, kind yeah. of tuca, right? Yeah, Tuka. Tuka. Her tuca, uh-huh. because she is a caring person. That's what she wants. But the world, the galaxy, is too cruel
3: mm-hmm. for her to have it,
2: so she right. gives up hope, mm. which right. makes it even more powerful when she finds her way back to that hope in, in Rogue one.
3: Yeah, for you, Jen, with Leia.
4: Oh, Leia was such a fantastic book. I mean, I was really curious how how is she going to make this character that we know so well? Like, how is she going to make it fresh? How is she going to make uh, make sense of what Carrie Fisher did with a role from A New Hope to right. now the, with The Force Awakens? And it was amazing how I could I could see. Carrie Fisher herself, like Mm -hmm. humor in this
5: character. Mm -hmm. You
4: see also like, she's not just a princess in the sense of, you know, the the regalness, but she's also the physicality of her where she Mm -hmm. is not afraid to get physical or get in the mud and being physically active, which is what we see Leia become in empire and Jedi. Um, the, the relationship to her parents, the relationship to uh, the young man, Kier, is that his Kier. Kier, Kier
3: Damati, yeah. yeah. And
4: the relationship that she forms with him, you can see how that's planting the seeds for why she doesn't want to get involved with Han and why she kind of has this, Oh, and then the line of what her mother says about you know you should you should uh, get with a scoundrel <laughs> every once yeah. in a while every once in a while get with a scoundrel <laughs> yeah. yeah I loved that that was yeah. a lot of fun but it just mm-hmm. really it connected the dots in a way that was seamless and it didn't feel like like okay here's how we're gonna connect the dots and this is how it's gonna connect yeah. to the canon and blah 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 like it was just a beautiful story
3: that was the biggest question i had going into it and probably the biggest challenge for claudia gray as an author which obviously I, I didn't have fear that she wouldn't pull this off but i think if you're choosing the author to do this she's understood leia so well and the other things she's uh, bloodlines mm-hmm. um though she does make that lost stars appearance um that yeah it uh it isn't just a checkbox of things that you come to know about leia it is it is the Like, it all makes sense that this is this young teenage girl who just in a couple years is now part of the Senate and leading rebellions. And it makes complete sense. And all the lessons start to, you know, to add up. And and, and I, and I thought that was so, so nicely done.
2: Yeah, I thought that she did. Yeah, like she did in Bloodline, but from a much younger perspective really sort of locking down these these points of what makes Leia Leia, mm-hmm. that yeah. she has a sense of humor. Not yeah, that she I has some that. script writers in, or was played by an actor who has a sense of humor, like those things are true, yeah. but it is a truth of the character yep. that she has a sense of humor and she uses it in her own mind, she uses it to disarm people, that she has a huge sense of, of duty and responsibility and kind of like Jen, but nowhere near as harsh, ha- keeps learning in different ways that I can only have so much... Uh, thing, so many things for me mm. like I can only have this So many times That I'm vulnerable right. Because otherwise I will be letting Other people down And mm. I thought She laid the groundwork For that Which comes back In the whole sequel era right. And Bloodline yeah. Is such a huge deal. but
3: It's it's really strongly connected to Force Awakens sequel era almost more than the original trilogy. Yeah. The connections are there they would, are yeah. the original trilogy. But I thought this really connects to Bloodlines and Force Awakens and, Force Awakens and probably what we've yeah. seen last year. I Jedi. mean, it is yeah. literally like Journey to the Last it's Jedi, li- yeah, so we'll it, talk
2: more about that. But yeah. I, I, the other character thing I wanted to mention real quick about Leia that I loved is yeah. where it was so laser-focused where uh, I believe it is Kier says, like, mm. well, when you're presenting yourself to this young Senate group – right you you keep rattling off all of these impressive things and, you know, your your stats, your resume, whatever. Right. Just say something human. <laughs> and I love that the thing that Claudia Gray comes up for Leia to say is like, I like thunderstorms. <laughs> because it's it's kind of a young person thing yeah. right. to say. Uh, uh, and it is also like, that fits Leia. Because like thunderstorms are like, well, they're kind of romantic yeah. and exciting, but they're conflict and there might be problems, so you kind of have to be ready. Yeah. And it's like... Is such a great detail if you have to just have yeah. a detail where Leia has to let down her guards, like, what's something you like?
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so much better
3: than her just saying, like,
5: animals. You <laughs> know? It's <just> like <laughs> right.
3: thunderstorms. Thunderstorm. Yeah, I love Leia. And, and the final thought for me on Jin too is I, I came out of this book feeling really sorry for Jinner. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the life she was dealt, like, uh, and, and, and how you almost like if i could i wish she could have survived the events of rogue one to reap some of the benefits of of what she did and maybe uh, have a less tormented life cuz she's not she's not this brooding tormented emo kid she's gone through these horrible things horrible things and 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 poor saw i feel sorry for saw too <laughs> cuz i think he really did care for her and uh but right from the get go you see saw's focus is is on this rebellion and it it was just a bad situation yeah absolutely um
2: so that's a little bit of character stuff do i want to talk a little bit about kind of what their uh relationship with the rebellion means yeah because that's i think one of the really obvious things that connects these two books is they're both struggling to become or go away from Mm -hmm. the rebellion and it feels like we are starting in the whole Star Wars storytelling world to start to tie the bow on this era of Star Wars storytelling. Yeah. Because Rebels is also coming to an end. Yep. Mm. And Rebels is all about, you know, the, the- building up to accepting full-on, full-scale rebellion war. Right. war. And both of these books are walking up to war. Yeah. And the war wouldn't be possible without either of these two women. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and and because we grew up where you know the rebels were the good guys, Star Wars, yeah, Imperials are the bad guys, and though that's still generally true, I think what I love so much about this era that these stories are focused in is it it's starting to really you want, that's why I'm, I appreciate that scene in Rogue One more, where all of them are debating, and some of them still want to keep in the Imperial Senate, and some and Raddus wants to go fight, and it's like you see a lot of this at play, and and for me it's interesting to watch. Um, the noble intentions of say someone like leia and some of her people uh and see some of the how you still have to play play the game and why it wasn't just grab your guns and go to war and how she had to learn this frustrating lesson and pay for it early on make some mistakes mm-hmm. yeah. that cost people right and then you 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 have her father and mother who have not opposing views but different takes on how to get there and maybe Breha coming to a, a point of war sooner than Bale. And, and, yeah. and that, that, that stuff was really interesting. Yeah. Jennifer,
2: I wanted to ask you, uh, I feel like one of the overall themes of Leia is even people who know that inevitably they must fight mm-hmm. because to be silent is to be defeated. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
2: but all of the people around her can't accept it because they might lose people. Right. Uh, so her, that's where where Bail is hung up of like, I can't let you into this rebellion, Leia, because you're gonna die. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately what happens with her tragic love story with Kier.
5: Right. Is Kier
2: is putting Alderaan first above the rest of the galaxy and does this very you know bizarre brave thing to protect. Alderon, but
3: yeah, but
2: it's ultimately kind of we know wrong because mm-hmm. it's just basically trying to secede from reality from the galaxy, uh, and I think a lot of it is about coming to accept that. Well, war means risking people you love. What did you think about all that? Ida?
4: Oh, I thought it was I thought it was really fantastic. It's one of the questions that we've that we've talked about here, which is you know if the Jedi use violence or how are they justified, whereas the Sith are not, you know, right. And then Mon Mothma talked about that where she said there's a, there comes a time when refusing to stop violence can no longer be called Mm. nonviolence. Basically at some point you have to uh, stop being a bystander. Yeah. That was really, that was really powerful and it was a, a great lesson to understand like why it's important to fight and to take you basically you have to take action
5: yeah Mm -hmm.
4: and and you have to be selfless which is really what we see leia becoming you know and even with the relationship with her parents where she wants to have her parents time yeah you know and by the end she understands and even amy lynn holdo talks Mm -hmm. about the importance of being able to separate from your parents and how you can Mm -hmm. lead your own independent life and we actually see leia going through that journey I'm becoming uh, a, an independent woman and becoming a selfless leader which is what we see now obviously with a sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought it was I thought it was excellent. Um and answered that question that I've yeah. wrestled with. And, and
3: being willing, you talk about being willing to lose some of the people you love. And I think Jid, part of her lesson is she's already lost people she's loved. Yeah. Mm. And then gains at one point kind of a new family mm-hmm. and then loses them. And maybe some of her actions could be related to that. And that kind of puts her in a spot of effort. Yeah. <laughs> right. No more. And how far are you willing to go in that regard, you know? Yeah. Uh, which might be a question Leia's asking herself now, you know, with, with Han gone. You know what I mean? It still could factor in. I thought, so the Jin, Jin represented that kind of thing. Where, yeah. You know, how far are you willing to, how much are you willing to lose?
2: Yeah. And I think the book, uh, uh, Rebel Rising does a great job as sort of pointing, so the book feels complete pointing her in that direction. Because it actually goes into the couple of first scenes of Rogue yeah. One. Yes. Uh, but, it, again, it gives the movie more power because Leia has more privilege. She mm-hmm. has resources. Yeah. It, she has a family around her. Uh, so she can get to that same place without uh, – she certainly goes through things. Yeah. But it's interesting that Jin's whole story is having to accept that lesson that you just read of Mon Mothma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of like, you can't do nothing. Yeah. Uh, because that's, I mean, we, we it's told so well, of like, J- with Jin actually saying, like, anytime there's the Empire near, or the damn Rebellion, or the Partisans, yes. there will be violence, and yeah. people will die, and it will probably be people I love. They'll die, or they'll be taken away. Yeah. So, all violence is bad. I don't want to have anything to do with anyone. I just want to hide in a corner. Yeah. And it's such great storytelling that the galaxy, reality keeps coming for her. Yeah. And even though she's been through all this tragedy, she also has to eventually say, All right, because of who I am, because of who my father is, yeah, the baton has been handed to me, literally, and I can't
3: not take it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it goes to her rescue scene in Rogue One uh, is uh, is was always remember it was a kind of a point of critique. Yeah, where it's like, well, why why is she fighting the rebel? She punched the rebel guy with the shovel. What does that mean? And it's like. You know, the the novelization of Rogue One does a great job, and then this expands upon it where she has a, a hatred for the rebels as well because you're right, they've killed two, and she's seen them, and, and it's affected her, and then she's been part of that, so she really does, that is a case. It's In the Rogue One novel, it's expressively stated that she's like, oh, God, sauce, found me, yeah. and I don't want part of this. And this one's touching upon just the, the rebels herself. She's got problems with the rebels just as much as Imperials, and yeah. it's an interesting take on... On, on the rebellion yeah. and how you could see they're not cohesive.
5: Oh, yeah. You know, right, and
3: Draven right. and all those guys, and there's different point of views and how – you know, we even see that you could see that in real life. Different ways of going about to reach a, a shared goal. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and the people who in in a little bit in Rebel Rising, but certainly in Leia. I mean, my my favorite Weasley senator, Noah Jabel yeah. is referenced. <laughs> he's not even referenced by name. He just they, they yeah. just say the finance minister from Oiter. and like yeah. it's that Weasel. Yeah, and he's still trying to get out of actually doing something.
4: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Is, isn't it Leia or, or amulin that notes like how or was it here that notes how ineffective they're like. Well, how are they going to get anything done? There's constant infighting when yeah. these group of people come together. <laughs> yeah, you
3: really this tag ragtag rebel crew really is is present in both of these. Mm-hmm. You know, but but definitely from the deep inside view with the Leia novel, you really see. You know, you understand Rogue One even more. Yeah, and there's really
2: passing references to like, well, there's uh, there's some cells out there. So then you even get the acknowledgement of like, oh, that's what that's what Rebels is. It's that one little cell, Mm. mostly around Lethal, yeah, kind of kicking ass and taking names. While the rich people are still debating,
3: still debating, (laughs) still debating. There's a a constant theme here of uh, strained parental relationships and also secondary parents. And, uh, and, uh, finding new families, which I mentioned happens in the, in the gin thing. So it's also the first real quality time we've ever spent with Leia's adoptive mother. Yeah. Which I thought was special and interesting and so, so needed. Yeah. You know? Mm.
4: I loved that. I it just was so real. I thought, boy, if I was a teenager reading this book, I, you know, you could just really connect with that where sometimes you feel like your parents are off busy doing their own things and I just want my time and that that struggle and really seeing the, the marriage between yeah. Bale and Brea was interesting as well, and yeah. how strong Brea is. Bre- again, this really makes me want to see this brought onto the big screen yeah. while Jimmy Smith's, you know, he still looks young. <laughs> Come he on! Does. You know? Let's let's bring him back. Um, yeah. But it was a very, very real, and how Leia turns to Mon Mothma as like that, you know, that, that family friend or that aunt that some of us might mm-hmm. have, where it's like, well, I can talk to you, but even Mon but yeah. schools are a couple times where she's like, No, I'm going to tell your parents what you yeah. did. Sorry, kid.
3: But schools are in a, in a great, responsible way. Exactly. And I love this idea that Monk is their connection goes deep and, and long into the Star Wars story, up into bloodlines. And, you know, we don't quite know what happened to yet, right? She retired no. is we know, we don't but know. we don't know anything yeah. beyond that. Um, but you see early on, it's it's Leia goes through this. Again, she is 15, going on 16 at the beginning of this book, but there is definitely some, she gets some some treatment that, uh, uh, you know, she looks, is talked down to, looked down upon. Some of it is just good natured. Ramus and Tilly's is like, I remember when you were one, little girl, we were on a space <laughs> mission. And so she has to... Earn that respect, but also the frustration of of knowing that people aren't taking her serious because she's a girl, because she's young. But Mon comes along, gives her the respect, but also is becomes this this leader, and so you see that relationship. Form early on, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, Claudia Gray did something special
2: with Brea too, with the uh, the pulmonodes. I was
4: just thinking, yeah, that, that, that was interesting. Was...
2: Yeah, the artificial organs that kind yeah. of glowed, which was basic, which was a, a cool image. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but Cla- Claudia Gray was also saying on Twitter when somebody was asking her directly about this, uh, that she was just like, yeah, as we've talked about a lot on this podcast, that losing a part of your body has always been a sign of you are losing your humanity.
5: You know, in
2: Star Wars, right up to Kylo Ren's scar, yeah, on his face. That's Uh, moving. She's just like, I wanted to put something in that was like, hey, if you lose a part of your body, you're not automatically evil. Yeah, like it's cool. It works. Uh, You know. Yeah. Nothing better than that shot in Return of the Jedi, where Luke looks at his mechanical hand and realizes what's happening, and would never want to take that away. But
3: it's cool to add some balance to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and there was a great moment of uh, towards the end uh, of. uh, they go to the place of that accident yeah, and they, right. and they pass it. And it's, it's it, to me, it was a little bit of uh, her her adoptive mother and her, her mother essentially uh, basically saying, you know, acknowledging that Leia's is going past her and exceeding her. And I think every every parent will look at a child and like want them to do better. And I think, uh, I don't know, I, I interpret a little bit of that moment of just like her like, yep, that's it happened. Let's go to the top and you're going to you're not hurt. You're not injured. You're going to yeah. be. You're going to be the queen, and
2: it's and the you know. reason that they had that they wanted to adopt
4: exactly. Yes. which going to say, give yeah. such
2: strength to the adoption
4: story. And the thing that I loved is is seeing their love, their mm-hmm. true unconditional love for Leia. It was like a, like you know biological parents. I mean, yeah. there, there was no love lost there, which is really really beautiful and something that I always kind of wondered about. Yeah, you know? I was like, I what about Leia's home like? Was life well? This this explains it.
5: Yeah, and she yeah. had a
4: pretty darn uh, great. I just was, I loved the visuals of, I mean, her privilege, being able to go out in the terrace, enjoy some green juice, having a nice breakfast, some tea. But then, you know, always reality would snap her out of it where it's like her father wouldn't show up. Or, you know, he was cold to her because he was so busy thinking about the rebellion and what they were planning. And so even though she was privileged, you know, she was still experiencing.
2: And like the droid micromanaging her to do her hair and her gowns and and to remind you, like, yes, she has privilege. But she also has responsibility as a yeah, part of that right. privilege. And, and mm-hmm.
3: I like, too, the lessons that Leia had to learn, too, on how even if you decide to use that power and privilege, the way you do it is important as well yeah. with, with the, 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 the creatures that at first were like, we don't want your help. Oh, yeah, Charl the, no, the Charles Huddens, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Um, and Leia had to find it, it. was a little bit of a strong-willed, defiant Leia, but also a Leia of like, let me see how. That's right. I have to understand. I can't just be like, you want some money? Here's some money. I got <laughs> <Yeah>. your money. <laughs> right. uh, there's a certain there's a pride to these people too that that she you can't just come swinging in with your spaceship and your white gown. And I thought that was a valuable lesson too that I'm sure Leia learns the diplomacy of help, yeah. and assistance that is important as well, and that. Certainly carries on. With yeah, Leia, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So I
2: want to talk just a little bit about Saw in yeah. Rebel Rising because he is sort of the counterpoint to Bale and Brea are awesome. And the yeah. conflict is they're not spending enough time with Leia at the beginning of the book, and then Saw yeah. is just like he's kind of almost sitcom dad. Like it's yeah. almost fun when he' funny. Yeah, I mean besides Jin's horrible pain when he brings her home, <laughs> he's like here's your room. Yeah, I know nothing about. Children, I know nothing about women. I'm sure you will figure it all out. Here is where the <laughs> knives are. Like
4: Punky Brewster. Yeah. It, and then the, it's,
2: mm. kind, it's great. It, it makes you realize they, yeah. like, it, it, Punk, that that moment Brewster. gives the humanity to both Jin and Saw immediately and hooks you at the beginning yeah. of the book. Yeah. Mm. Saw's like, I've always told them I would come for you. And he's, it's clearly, oh, I'll I'll come for you as a warrior, and I'll train you. And there's yeah. great training montages where he teaches her to shoot and beat broken old old droids. Yeah. Hmm. But in terms of like uh, emotion, uh. yeah, what to
3: wear? Is it uh, like he's got nothing? He's just oh. sort of like I don't know what to do with you. The character Idressa is that the name? I'm, I'm trying to dig it up. Oh yeah, uh, there's it's, the is the, the female <laughs> character that saw kind of comes around and is kind of like, do you mind? Uh, you meant going into Jin's room and teaching her some things about lady lady <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like it's essentially no lady. Uh, I don't know lady. Uh, it was it was sweet. Yeah, and, and, and so it's a dairy because I feel sorry for Saw too. And the character of Saw has just continued to get better and yes. deeper to me. Mm-hmm. Um that uh again, looking at Rogue One, where Forrest Whitaker, a lot of people, the casual fan, be like, oh, he's crazy and he's got hair and he's making weird sounds and <laughs> why didn't he run? He should have died, like His death in Rogue One now has even more weight and meaning to me if you go back to Clone Wars Season 5 and uh, this book. Yeah. Um, You understand him. You get him. I'm so curious now in Rebels what we're going to see with him now. Yeah. And two tubes in there as well.
2: I want to take him close to the line of where he is in in Rogue One. Yeah. But there's there's so much great stuff there. Uh, do you want to
3: get in a little, little bit, some of the kind of the big yep. connection moments? Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of big connections, a lot of good stuff, and let's start dive, diving through that. The first, the big one, and this is in the Leia novel, and it's, it's for prequelists like us. It is a yes. great moment. Moff Korsh Panaka and the Skywalker reveal. Uh, this uh, is, of course, Captain Panaka, Padme's personal captain of security from The Phantom Menace. Um and uh, you uh, the actor did not carry on into the other movies for some uh, he, he just didn't some things came up and so they recast not recast but they rewrote the character as Captain Typho but we always knew and you followed legends that became canon and it was even canon that Panaka who was Padme's number two man he was a he was one of the good guys yeah he went on and worked for the Empire yeah
5: that was shocking. and it was
3: never really addressed and now we get to see what that was what that meant and he retained a lot of who he was. Oh,
2: absolutely. And it works so well because Palpatine is from Naboo and Palpatine has always been good for him, good to him. So he has that sort of like, I'm loyal to this person who I don't understand is actually, you know, a teeth-rotting, wrinkled Sith nightmare of a person. (laughs) He's the senator from back in the day who's always been good to me and if I stay here and I'm the Moff, of Naboo Maybe I can Do some good, good yeah. So So again That very tortured presence Yeah But then the fact that he Starts to figure out That yeah. Leia Might be The child Of Padme Yeah And I therefore
3: mean, Anakin Yeah I 100% think he Got it Figured it out Yes Yeah And they handled it so well With I believe Either Idrio Or Benthic Two-Tubes Taking him out with this explosion, yeah, because mm. it was a tognath with a mask. Right? Yeah, it was. Oh, right. it yeah. was, that, and that's what NVO right. two tubes is.
2: Yeah, I believe. Yeah. I believe yes. we got ourselves an eggmate, and it was <laughs> yes, and it was yeah. So who knows? Maybe it's a third one, is yes. Raxor or whatever, whoever the third one is. Wow. If there's a third one, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I think great writing to be like fill, uh, let audiences, uh, readers fill things in without us yeah. figuring everything out because we were seeing it from Leia's perspective, but. Like especially if you've already read rebel rising you're like that's a partisan, yeah, we know how the partisans work, right, we know that horrific violence is coming, and yeah, that was a great way to like tie all those ideas together too, because then we j- we had just learned that Moff Panaka's not that bad of a guy, right, no. but from the partisan perspective, hit
3: him hit palpatine where it hurts on his home planet, yeah, that guy's got to go, that guy's got to go, and that 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 is the theme in the in Rebel Rising, like, how far do you go with that? And then it, you, see, you see the cost of that, which yeah. is why Mothma and Bale and all these guys are like, damn, Saw, so Guerrera. And the Partisans, <laughs> this was a loss right. because Panaka was someone they could have turned, they could have got to. And I'll tell you, and one of the strengths of this book, Leia, because there's a lot of fighting and action and spaceships and violence in Rebel Rising, great stuff. Yeah. Leia doesn't have a lot of that. Just a little bit. But it has amazing amounts of tension Yes. Claudia Gray nails some of these scenes with, uh, and and Panaka, the moment where he's like, what did you, what did you say you were adopted? Yeah. 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 What year was that? (laughs) Yeah. Mm. What dress are you wearing? You look... Because she's in it's, Padme's she's dress. She's in Padme's
2: dress, yeah, because she was yeah. visiting on Naboo. And it is so cathartic for somebody to finally say, yeah. hey, you know you look a lot like Padme right. as a Star Wars <laughs> right. fan. But I think that I've talked to Ken about this. I haven't had a chance to hear from you, Jennifer. Like a huge nerd chill moment for me is... Obviously, uh, uh, Panaka gets blown up, <laughs> yeah, possibly by two tubes. Two tubes, yeah. right. uh, and then Leia's back and reporting these events. And Bray has a moment. Where he's like, "How much time between <laughs> when he said the asked about your adoption and when he died was there? Yeah. Yeah. Right? And just like the whole weight of like, did he tell someone you are a Skywalker in right. those thirty seconds?" Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. it was so there were so many moments where I found myself going like oh, holding my breath and the, oh my gosh, I can't believe yeah. that happened. And that was one of those moments. And that's what's so great about Claudia Gray. Like we were saying, connecting the dots in a way that is so exciting. It doesn't feel shoehorned. It's like, oh, oh, okay, I know this guy. Okay, great. Oh my gosh, he's he's figured this out. Like, oh, yeah. it was just such a so so uh gratifying yes. as a fan, uh to to finally yeah. And then also... The The flip side, which is, well, I, I like the Partisans. Yeah. Oh, but they just did something very bad. Ah, it's, it's yeah. wrestling with that that I, I, right. I am enjoying. I, I don't know oh. whose side I'm on anymore.
2: Well, <laughs> and,
3: and in Rebel Rising, our next big thing here, Joseph, yeah. is there's a, a, a nothing short of a brutal, gruesome attack by the Partisans. Yeah, oh. the
2: thing. And it's really yeah. nice to have it locked into canon. Like, yeah. that's the thing that's too much saw.
3: Yeah. Oh, what is yeah. it? It is this uh, attack on uh, in, 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 in Usagi? Inusagi. Yeah, Inusagi mm-hmm. is, is a location, and it, it, takes, uh, it takes the lives of, uh, of, of innocents, oh. essentially, along with hard targets, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, so they have
2: these, these uh, FC-1 flechette launchers, they're called. These, like, really brutal weapons that are basically yeah. just, like, fire Star Wars versions of, like, a bunch of cutting razors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, real shotgun. You mm-hmm. can't be discriminate. Uh, uh, and Jin is, su- they're supposed to be doing, like, this espionage to get on the planet to take out this high-value target. Right. And Jin is just starting to be happy that, ah, oh, great, I can go on these missions, I can do right. the thing that Saw has trained me to do, but getting a little queasy about what exactly happens, because she's never really taken in the room where the violence really happens. Yeah. Uh, she ends up in the room, it's this ceremony, they're, they're trying to assassinate, uh, you know, an Imperial mm-hmm. um during this like cultural ceremony where they've just launched a bunch of petals, flower petals in the air, mm-hmm. and they're like flying down, and there are pools, and there are all these people, and they're fine robes, and then a bunch of pirates just bust in and just fire off the most brutal weapons and yeah. shred people, oh, shred no. the flowers. So it's like it's horrible, and it's yeah. really poetically mm. written for her to just see, like, uh, that is a picture of violence, right. just wow. pure unadulterated, horrific violence
3: and indiscriminate because a bunch of people who are totally innocent get shredded. Yeah, and then it ties a little bit to Inferno Squad, too, where the Dreamers, who are the follow-ups to the Partisans, do something similar or potentially do something similar to take out children, and that's where you see some of the... What what is what?
2: Yeah, oh, you know? and you oh, see no. like the Inferno Squad being like, no, anybody associated with the Partisans need to die. Yeah, like right. okay, well die. Okay, great. I, <laughs> yeah. Now I
5: see that
3: <laughs> from a certain point of yeah. view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it so is. It is dark. And it is. It is big, and you start to really good at get a. Realistic, so I love it. It's this realistic take of what the rebellion actually was and what it meant and, and, and what, yeah, how people came to that. Uh, there's a lot of connections with uh, what you're calling, Joseph, the, Claudiaverse. Yeah, the <laughs> Claudia verse, sure, yeah, Claudia Gray verse, Claudia Gray verse, and there's some amazing ones. Uh, there's the keepsake box we'll talk about, but run through. You got this great list here you put together yeah. of what is cross referenced in other Claudia books.
2: So, uh, the planet Galanta. I believe, was introduced in Bloodline. That is one where uh, Amalyn Holdo, who we will talk about, is from. But that is also where the characters from Bloodline... Joff C. Stryker, my favorite name, oh, is yeah. from. Oh, he nice. is a young man from uh, Galanta, and a senator that spends a bunch of time in Bloodline, being partners with Leia. Tarlin is mm-hmm. also from Galanta, so they're all connected. Uh, there's this planet called Parmoth, where there's you know hot-blooded racers. That's where Han ends up doing a lot of racing. I believe that's where Corsella is from.
5: Mm, yeah, right. Uh, and that okay. gets
2: referenced in uh, Leia. Leia actually, uh, in Lost Stars, there's yeah. a description of Thane going to the, Imperial, Imperial, ball, the right? Imperial Ball, which is in the old Jedi Temple. Yep. In seeing uh, the the beautiful princess of Alderaan recognizes her and sees her dancing. Yep. And that scene, we don't get any description of Thane, Thane yeah. but we see that moment in Leia, so we know that that is That's the moment, because Leia specifically says that I've never done this before, I've never gone to a ball. <laughs> <laughs> the you know the imperial uh, ball yeah. before uh, Jellicon gets mentioned in uh, Rebel Rising, which is the planet from Lost Stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the blood burn disease gets also gets mentioned in Rebel Rising, and that is from. Bloodline, uh, Bloodline yeah. as well. So it all just really so, well, Bonnie is in both of these books. So just right, not only the Claudia Gray verse, which yeah, is be, yeah, she's, def, should, she's I, definitely taking care of business. Beth
3: Revis is putting it in there too. But, yeah, Beth, they, they, but yeah, yeah, they're
2: all very connected. But yeah, no, the Claudia Gray verse in yeah, in Leia, she without like patting herself on the back, there's a lot of really nice connections.
3: Absolutely, and I should be remiss if I didn't mention Harloff Miner shows. Oh, of again. course, yes, um, There and there's uh, the uh, yeah the the Wobani is interesting because they that when you put them back together, the Leia one first, which kind of not, kicks off the novel, and then you go to Rebel Rising. Wobani, of course, we see in Rogue One. That's where Jin is is imprisoned and captured. Then you see what the Empire does to planets. Mm. You see how they drain their resources and they they mess with things going and they just drain these planets in a lot of different ways and it ends up as this drab dark horrible prison planet and you see how that happens you see
2: yeah wow. and you see leia so. try to stop
3: it and i believe there's an implication in rebel
2: rising that what jinn is doing on wabani is building doors for the death star yes and that oh. uh, yeah. the continuing thread through all of the books in this era where everybody knows like there's something going on Some. the Empire Keeps taking resources and They're making me make Who would want a
3: door This shape yeah. What surface would you Need that for Yeah, uh, And it's always like Death Star They're building the Death Star And, and wow. Saw's obsessed with it And obsessed, yeah. with, obsessed with Galen And that R2-D2 and C-3PO Make a very low-key Appearance in the Leia book And 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 uh, Jennifer Did you We talk about We're going to talk next week About this connected universe How connected should it be Right How did you feel about this
4: I thought it was brilliant When, when she trusted R2 And was surprised By how trustworthy he was yeah. of a droid, and how he seemed very uh, human-like, she, or something like that. She kind of made yeah, that yeah. comment, you know, where he was thinking about it. He's like, "Yeah, I'll do, you, I'll do you a favor." Yeah. Uh, I loved that seeing that relationship, that trust forming early on. That yeah. was really because uh, he does something oh, kind so of sneaky
2: good. for Leia, right? He
4: does. He like searches to find yeah. the, the some sort of he does some sort of uh, research for her. Oh yeah, yeah. He, right? he
2: pulls up some data that yeah. he's not supposed to be in. Like, right. yeah, that's so R two, and I love that he. they neither R two or three P R. Blatantly named are they? It's just we no. know them. Yeah,
4: it was like she said, blue and blue and silver yeah. droid. Yeah. and then with three PO, three PO
3: might be mentioned. I could be wrong. Yeah, it might be. But it but, but, but it's, name. it's low key, which I think mm-hmm. wor- excuse me works very well for me. Yes.
2: Yeah, because they should be there. Because as I was reading, I was like, come on. Yeah, if if they are Ramus Antilles droids. Yeah, and she's around Ramus all the time, is she not going to bump into these droids,
5: right? right.
3: Yeah, right. A couple other uh, uh, references too. You have. Uh, um Krennic, director Krennic, oh, not mentioned by name, yeah. definitely yeah. definitely shows up in Leia. Uh, the uh, ship uh, nicknamed Moa, which uh, factors into Lost Stars, that's where Thane spe- sp- spent some time in oh, wow. service there, is mentioned in uh, Leia as well. And then uh, this moment, and I want to get your feel, yeah. uh, both of you here, in the Leia novel, where Leia's trying to hire a, a freighter. For some covert operations and mm-hmm. sees a YT model freighter in the distance that looks like the owners could use some money, yeah. but it flies off before she can get to it. How did yeah. you feel about this here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah, You know,
2: I think it would have almost been too much if everything else hadn't been handled so elegantly. Yes, mm. And I think when I read it, I felt like it's a great moment in the book, so it's powerful, so it feels like uh, right. a- appropriate for the uh, uh, the the theme of destiny in Star Wars, yeah, ah. of like it was almost like the Force saying, "Not yet, not yet." Your boyfriend they have now needs to die, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> move and on. then
3: you'll be ready for a scum. will go. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it was handled. It was yeah. it was uh, definitely cute. Yeah, and look, I'll say Lost Stars has some moments where I'm like, "Oh, and they were there as well. Oh, yes. and they yeah. were there as yeah. well." Yeah. Um, I love the book, obviously, but this was almost that. If if she had seen the shape of a tall, hairy no. creature standing next to a man in a <laughs> yes. vest, I would have said it was just too far. But other than this, it was it was kind of pitch perfect. Yeah, because yeah, she's well, looking like... for exactly what the Falcon is. Yes. Right,
4: right. Yes. It was yeah. one of those moments where I was like, "Oh no, uh, d- 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 okay, d- 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 okay, all right.
3: Yeah, yeah. okay." <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the uh, in Rebel Rising, Jen ha- Jen has some mystery time in the Noat system, which is a great uh, yeah you know, connection there to Star Wars, and then Takadana, which we don't really oh. you know. Yeah, go into so it opens up some possible forces of destiny adventures in my mind. Yeah,
2: Ooh. I just yeah I thought that was a great shout out that she has mystery time that they yeah. give her a nice chunk of storytelling time. Oh good, yeah, uh, and then specifically call it the Anouet system from Empire. Yeah. But then I think they say she spent a year, a year on yeah. Tokadana. T- so oh. that one almost more felt
3: like coming soon, nerds. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah <for laughs> the that's Jin's that's adventures right. on Tokadana. Yeah, maybe Maizkanada. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, and then yeah. there's this uh, big connection. And, and and if you haven't read Bloodlines, this is a spoiler to Bloodlines. Feel free to pause out here for a second, uh, but if you read Bloodlines, we want to proceed. In Bloodline, there is something with, uh, that connects deeply and, and important to this keepsake box that Princess Leia uh, had at one point that is brought forth again that contains uh, the information about from Bail Organa about her father. Mm. Right? If I'm remembering that completely yes. right. Yes, Alderaanian
2: tradition oh, that yeah. young women right.
3: have this keepsake box. Right. And in Bloodline, when the character, I forget the name, right? It's the other... Senator, from yeah, Indian. I mean, there's so many, so many names. names. I think I mean, it's, I think it's names. like it's reaching Game of Thrones, Crabbers. Like. Crabbers. Sindian or something. So when Sir Davos lines. and Jorah go through this <laughs> keepsake box in Bloodline, there is a reference to a lock of hair, and you just cool, whatever. Mm, it's t- fine in a keepsake box. It's a keepsheet. Oh, Leia has memories, school yeah. stickers. Uh, well, that. Keepsake box with the lock of hair. That lock of hair is Kier Domati's her boyfriend who passes away, uh, not getting the chance to turn the rebellion into the empire. By yeah. the way, um, and when it happened, it was one of those. It's not. I wouldn't say earth shattering and huge, but it was like Bravo. Well, mm. played, well, played. Yeah. yeah. It's sticking in the land. Yeah,
2: yeah, and it's Jeez. also that keepsake box gets taken by Bail. Yeah. At exactly the right emotional time for him to have put this hidden message that yeah. becomes basically the crux of Bloodline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's exactly the right time to do it. So it's not this shady, like, when,
4: but when did that happen? Like, yeah.
2: that's the perfect time for that to
3: happen. It really is. She's
4: so masterful. Yeah. Um, I agree.
3: I know we're running along here, but we got important stuff to talk about with the journey to the last Jedi. That's
2: right. Saving the best for
3: last, Absolutely. basically. Absolutely. Uh, we have got uh, we've got two big connections here. I think we'll start with the planet one first, and yes. mm, end okay. with I think the biggest one. So crate shows up, yeah, and we know crate's going to be in the Last Jedi because that's where the ATMC sixes are going to be facing off against the Resistance ski speeders, <laughs> and Look at you, uh, all we're right. looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, and we uh, there's been some hints I think in the databank entries on StarWars.com. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, a former this the Rebels used to have this place, and if in fact, these ski speeders predate the Resistance and the Rebellion. Yeah. Mm. They've been there a while. Well, Leia goes f- forging around the galaxy and ends up on this weird planet crate. And nearly gets shot down by her father, Bail Organa, and the rebellion is entrenched there. It is their base. I thought it was a great fun connection that's going to add to Last Jedi.
2: Absolutely, oh, yeah. they do a great like physical description of the planet and make it sound really interesting. And yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and I think it's also a little bit of a mea culpa on the journey to the Force Awakens mm-hmm. that the connections to the Last Jedi in books called the Journey to the Last Jedi are going to be really <laughs> prominent.
5: <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah not like, like right. hey, this droid PZ four. Yeah. You'll see him once in the background of Force Awakens. Exactly. Like so like like Jennifer, like if Last Jedi rolls around and they go to crate and Leia says something about referencing this book, you're going to be happy. Oh, right? I'm going
4: to love it. I loved learning more about the t- actual terrain with the salt and the s- red soil. Right. That was what was so fascinating to me when we saw the, the teaser footage or behind-the-scenes yeah. footage. I loved that. So Yeah,
3: there's that great slow-motion shot in the behind-the-scenes footage of Last Jedi where the, the red clay and the salt oh, yeah. shows up. So ah, that's cool. going to be amazing. A beautiful. I'm sure it's going to be a beautiful sequence, but it has, mm-hmm. it has some weight to it. And then, of course, so Vice Admiral Holdo is Laura Dern from uh, The Last Jedi. We don't know much about that character. Character. In fact, I was one of the people that's like, she's a double agent, I bet you. <laughs> uh, I don't think that anymore, no. because she figures prominently in this book as uh, Amy Lynn Holdo uh, from Galenta, as you would say, right? Yeah, yeah. Galenta, Gad- 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 Galen- Gad-alenta, Galenta. Gadalenta. Yeah. Galenta? She is a space age Luna Lovegood. Yes. She
2: absolutely
3: is. She's yeah. got various dyed hair, always changing. She does silks and aerial arts, and she is a poet, she's a deep thinker, she is But out of doubt weird and in the best possible way and is perhaps the most important new character in Leia's life in this book, a factoring in all through this book. So this has got me really excited for this character. Oh yeah, What gosh. did you think of the character? Was
2: she too Luna Lovegood for you? Or uh, was it just like a nice to have that that kind of weird and wispy and philosophical of a character?
4: I loved that, but it did make me hope that we get to see that essence with Laura Dern. I would hope so.
3: I hope so. I
4: mean, but it's also great because we learn why she has magenta colored hair and yeah. the yeah. way that she dresses and, and where that stems from. Uh, and also in that behind the scenes footage when we see uh, Amy Lynn uh, mm-hmm. greeting Le- General Leia and she has this Laura of, like, an old friend. Like, yeah. she's greeting an old friend. I love their relationship. I'm only concerned that we're not going to get very much of it in The Last Jedi. I,
3: I yeah, I going again, I, I predicted Holdo was a turncoat and then also it's a cameo-like appearance. You know yeah. what I mean? I saw someone tweeted, I think, uh, Pablo about that. They cool. said, is, is, is Holdo just going to be a, a, a significant character or a cameo? And then Ryan Johnson responded with, it's going to be a significant... Character like, like he, he play, mm-hmm. I, I'm not capturing it right. And it was a play on funny play on words from Ryan, basically saying, Don't worry, <laughs> like this, oh, char- yeah. this character will mad." I still think screen time will be less just because the way yeah. the story flows, right? Of course, but but this will be an important character, good, yeah, not just someone she meets her. on the journey, you know what I mean? Yeah, I thought she was like funny, hilarious, oh, brought yeah. a lot of uh, life to it,
2: and was such a great counterpoint to Leia, where yeah. she came from a culture where uh, sort of freedom, flexibility, mm-hmm. joy. Yeah. Kind of really being in touch with yourself and what brings you joy Mm -hmm. and like what Leia kind of can't be. Yeah. That's what Holdo is. Yeah. So then like that's clearly a part of her culture. It's not just who she is. Yeah. So how much of that is she going to have retained as she gets older and has been through this? And also the fact that Leia meets her as training to be a part of the Empire. Yes. So just, does Holdo end up being with the Empire, or does she, I mean, yeah, she's I pretty just, into the Rebellion, so you would imagine yeah, that she ends not, up being yeah, on the side of possible, the Rebellion, yeah. but I still think that it is uh, possible that her character is going to be a designated survivor of yes. the destruction of the, new Republic of the New Republic, and that she is the government. So it's this old friend going like, mm. I am one of the few in The Last Jedi coming to her and say, coming to General Leia and saying, I'm one of the few actual members of the legitimate government alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think you should do. Right. And Leah kind of being like, thanks old friend. No, I'm I'm going to go blow up the first order now. <laughs>
5: and
3: having some headbutt- headbutting there. Love it. Ah, it was a welcome uh, surprise to the to the story. I, yeah. I didn't necessarily think, but it, it I loved it. It had some weight. And even if it's just a moment on screen, you have this tremendous backstory already in place. Yeah. yeah. That's going to add weight to that scene. And a tremendous actor. Laura Dern just oh. knocked it out of the park on Twin Peaks recently. Just, oh. just yeah. so, so amazing. I heard you like Twin Peaks. I do <laughs> I a did. lot. And Laura Dern was <laughs> real good in that. She's great. She is so great. Um, so that is uh, our rundown of what's going on. We could talk and talk and talk, as you can tell. But these two books, we're going to give our final thoughts here. Yeah. I'm giving these A-plus must-read Star Wars books. Absolutely, and I think uh, they
2: complement one another. Uh, And if uh, I understand, a lot of people are really interested in Leia. But if you liked Rogue One, if you like this era of Star Wars storytelling about what the rebellion is, uh, Rebel Rising is really, really great, and it is also a fast read. It draws you in. Mm -hmm. My my other final thought that I wanted to mention about these books is there is that great passage in Leia. Mm. Again, remembering that these are a journey to the Last Jedi where Leia kind of accidentally uses the force a little bit.
3: I oh, we would be remiss that. if... I yeah, and has yes. no idea.
2: Yeah. You know, is, is, that on, you, is that on
5: Felucia? Leaves on Felucia. Felucia. Yeah. Her, her yeah. fella
2: is almost going to fall, and she yeah. kind of leaps, and she just says that, like, I didn't think I could quite leap. I don't know how I made that leap mm-hmm. physically, yeah. but I just really felt, like, in tune, and it just felt like I just had to think it and I would do it. Right. Like, <laughs> so, it's not quite as on the nose as that, but it's yeah. quite clearly... You just accidentally tapped in the force and there's no one around you to say, hey.
3: Keep doing that, hey Force Girl. Yeah,
4: right. It was such a real moment yes. of how she would just kind of be like, "Huh, that was weird." Okay, well, you know, I just kind of willed it to happen. <laughs> yeah. it, it's some adrenaline. It's all right. Yeah. I loved that, and You're that right. whole thing about you know, that the physical challenges kind of reminded me of the Hunger Games. And I was like, oh, "Where yeah. is she going with this?" But then that moment, I was like, "Oh, that's where she's going." Yeah, this. yeah. Okay, that was juicy. I liked that.
2: So yeah. does it raise the specter of maybe like, using
4: the Force in the last Yes, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I a
3: Chances words. are
2: good. A
4: something <laughs> I don't know. Well, leaping, but yeah. you
3: no. Know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably not. Final thoughts, Jennifer, on these uh, these books. Leia, I know the one you read, Rebel Rising. You're going to probably try to find the time. I will because this
4: book, Leia, got me so excited. It is a fast read. I can't get through Star Wars books because it always takes me so much time. But this I read in like a couple days. It's just right. brilliant.
3: Right.
2: Brilliant. Joseph, that is my uh, final thought already It's just that they're great in that Force moment. Uh, just powerful for me. Powerful. Powerful. I have a million other thoughts, but I am not going to say right. that because of time, time, time. Time, time.
3: And, and we do have some questions I think we'll probably leave off to another episode. You want to do that? or You, uh, you know what? Let's do, uh, let's one, one, let's what, do one. one Patreon and one non-Patreon. I love yeah, that. All right. Okay. Let's do okay. that. Do that let's do that. Hit me. Hit Here me. we go. From
2: non-Patreon, from Twitter, Justin Walker asks, over under 60% that Ryan Johnson
3: comes in as co-writer on episode nine?
5: Mm-hmm. Fair question, Justin. I'm yeah. taking.
3: I'm taking under 10%. <laughs> Oh, really? I'm taking the under here. I shouldn't uh, okay. say, but I don't think it happens now. No, you don't. I don't think it does. Oh, I think I think JJ and Terrio got their grips on it, and ah. even if Johnson wants to, I wouldn't mind. I I could see him consulting. Yeah, yes. but I don't think he'll ever. I don't think you'll see him as a co-writer. I think that it might be a story by.
2: I oh. think you know, especially now that we know that Ryan Johnson finished his movie. Yeah, <laughs> he's got mm-hmm. time to relax. Yeah. Uh, I do think I that they're going to ask him for thoughts. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I think consultant. That's my, I don't know what the exact terminology is, over, under, but yes, consultant. I
3: mean, I, I mean the terminology, story by, is a very important credit versus not necessarily co writer, and I would be really happy yeah. with that. But co writer, Justin, to, to be specific to your question, no, I don't think so.
2: Yeah. Right, yeah.
3: Right. Uh, and then
2: we'll, from Patreon, we'll just take one kind of fun question from yeah. Antonio Escuchio Jr. With J.J. Abrams back to direct episode nine, will he move Kylo Ren's scar back to its original (laughs) place?
3: I hope not, but I I also would really respect him if he did.
4: It's kind of funny. The movie's scar. He's like, no, no, No. I want it back here. I think it looked just fine. Uh, My answer,
3: (laughs) Antonio, is I want to see it shift throughout the film in episode nine, back and forth, back and forth to drive us mad. I love Love it. it. Love it. That is great. Those questions uh, come to us, like I said, non-Patreon. That means Facebook. You can like us there on Twitter at ForceCenterPod. And Patreon, where we'd love to have your support. It can be found on Patreon.com slash Force Center. Uh, and uh, just $2 a month gets you a, a bonus episode of Finish the Fan Fiction. We do every month, and we have goals right now. We're working towards non-generic theme music for our shows. And uh, you guys, I, I know, are really going to enjoy that. So if you want to, support us there. We're also, our merchandise is available on tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And, Joseph, we got a new design coming.
2: That's right. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I'm just going to say, you know, if you're a person like Jennifer, oh you would gosh, really so like this shirt. That we came up with. It's so good. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And it's going to be beautiful. It will show up very
3: soon. Follow uh, Jennifer Landa at Jennifer Landa as well as her YouTube page, right?
4: Yes, that's right. And be sure to check out StarWars.com in the month of October because I will be sharing nine, nine Star Wars DIY costumes for your kids, yourself, and your pets. Yes, I'm designing pet costumes.
3: Love it. That's so awesome. Can wait for that, oh
4: Joseph?
2: Uh, you guys can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for lots of comedy adventures. Uh, I'll have more details soon, but I'll be doing a new v- comedy variety show with my friend Angela M. Weber of The Double Clicks on October 21st in Los Angeles. And coming out this week is a big episode of my other podcast, Obsessed. Uh, my guest is Adam Conover from the true TV show, oh Adam Ruins Everything. I love yeah. it.
4: He's so great. Yeah,
2: he's really, really, really funny, really down-to-earth, uh, wow. really awesome. And But the thing he's obsessed with is the truth. Oh, yeah, wow. So it is a very sure. deep, very interesting, very funny conversation. So uh, check that out. That's Obsessed Podcast on Feral Audio.
3: Absolutely. Uh, that is it. You can follow me at KenNapsuck. So for uh, Leia, Jin, and Saw, that's four Center. We'll see you guys next time.